0: Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. It is time to bring the orange yet again. A couple of fantastic guests here. They're going to talk all about the VMware goodness that we bring with Pure Storage. First, David Stamen, Field Solution Architect covering VMware. David, welcome to the program.
1: Cool. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, absolutely a pleasure to have you here. And Jace McCarty, also one of our field solution. You guys are, you guys are kind of the the, the squad out there in the field. Jace, how are you?
2: Good, good. Glad to be here. Looking forward to uh, to our talk today. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought
0: I thought it'd be fun to get you guys on. Sorry, I cut you off. What were you going to roll? No, no, no. I was just going
2: to say, please don't call us Jamin or don't call us uh, Dace or anything like that. We've kind of almost picked up our own Brangelina type brand. I was going to say
0: it's like a, it's a Brangelina kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I won't. I wasn't even going to go there. I had you <laughs> both carved out separately, so we wouldn't. You know, I leave that to other less you know, less desirable individuals who, who treat you that way. I'm going to treat you as equal individuals in this space. Um, awesome to have you on. I, I would love to get your perspectives on what's going on out there. VMware is such a, uh, a diverse and, and rapidly changing area. But before we dive in, I would I'd love getting a little bit about the journey, David, um, your time at Pure, and how'd you get into this whole IT thing? What's your background?
1: Yeah, so it's kind of a a fun story. So I've been here now up here for about nine months. Um, Jace will probably correct me because he seems to have the timer started. We actually started on the exact same day. Um, So before coming to Pure, I was over at technical marketing at VMware focused on vSphere lifecycle as well as um, Project Pacific or vSphere with Tanzu, um, the whole cloud native story. Um, and that was a lot of fun. I traveled all over the world talking to customers about those solutions. And then ironically enough, before that, I was actually a very happy peer customer. Um, right. So it kind of made sense when um, I had the opportunity to come work here. I'm like, I love the products, I love the company. Um, love the people. Why not come over here and work? And then before that, I worked in healthcare. So definitely have a kind of a well-rounded idea of kind of where a lot of our customers are coming from and what we can do to help them.
0: It's kind of fun. I add you to the list of at least five or 10 different individuals I know who were former customers who then just sort of, you know, came over here. Uh, I know our friend Jack Hogan was was one of those. And uh, there's a couple others off the top of my head that escaped me, but that's always cool when you, you know, you see something that you like, it's like, well, I think I'm going to go work for those guys. And, and uh, and go live and breathe that technology. Well, we're glad to have you on board. That is awesome, um, Jace. Shifting over to you, similar question, I guess, is you know. Well, I guess we already know how long how long you've been at Pure since you started on the same day, even though you think the clock started earlier. So, um, we'll, so we'll get that. so
2: one week from t- one week from today will be uh, will be ten months. Awesome. I, I literally just looked at my calendar, so one week from today is ten months. But yeah, uh, like David, I was also uh, technical marketing at VMware. I was actually on the vSAN team uh, for about five years, and it was kind of my job to cover a lot of the the additional use cases, not just the basics of how vSAN worked, but more along the the use cases as they pertain to like data at rest encryption, automation, uh, stretch cluster and availability, you know, kind of the edge use cases with two node and that kind of thing. And then I was like a lot of other Puritans, uh, I was an EMC employee uh, in a role very similar to the one that I'm in now, uh, primarily focusing in the federal space. And then like David, I was a customer for actually about 15 years before that. I did five years in academics, five years in health insurance, and five years in the uh, financial space. And I always joke that I worked for a non-data loss division of Equifax. Because I worked for a little subsidiary of Equifax, and we did we did a, a lot of uh, uh, basically hosting is what we were a managed service provider, and, and uh, VMware was really a big part of that, and that's where I really really got deep into into my VMware career. When did
0: the VMware stuff start to take off? I mean, I you know I remember you know I was at Sun Microsystems in the 2000s, and I remember we were pumping you know, spark servers at people and we had our own virtualization technology there, but at some point it clicked where I was running into places and they were going, well, we do this on VMware and we do this with Intel processors and it's like a fraction of the price of what you guys are coming at us and it's way easier to use. I I just feel like that was sort of a late, you know, mid to late 2000s things where it all just kind of blew up.
2: When did you get
1: started, David? Um, I got started, I think, right at the peak, so it's kind of fun saying, hey, I have like 10 or so years of experience, but I think it was in, I want to say maybe even... It, the uptick started in maybe like 2012, maybe the early um, 2010s, where like, I, that's kind of where I kind of got in and started managing my first environments, like around ESX4, going to five. And I know at that point, it was the conversations was, we're 80% virtualized or we're 70% virtualized. And obviously, there's a big shift there now. Um, but I think just over time, it's just exploded. And people found all the benefits of virtualizing all their workloads and how much, of a pain bare metal deployments were <laughs> yes. um,
2: well, I'm I'm gonna I think, date myself a bit when when I uh, when I cover it, but
1: no, go yeah. On. yeah so yeah, I think so- the big shift to uh, at least one thing to just add was the big shift from away from rack servers to blades, I think that also kind of did the boom where not only could you just consolidate all your workloads virtually, but you can also condense them within a rack with less cables and power and all that stuff too.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree there. Now, I, I actually got, it started, uh, got started on x86 virtualization in 98 when VMware was still in beta from a desktop, you know, type two hypervisor uh, perspective, and I used several of those packages um, for like application development whatnot when I worked uh, for the Mississippi Department of Education, and then also when I worked uh, in the health insurance field and, you know, did a lot of, of test and dev. And, and as we were deploying applications and whatnot, we were using basically the, the desktop based hypervisors. Um, And then I really got into it in the, uh, when I got into the managed service provider uh, industry, and this was, um, I think it it was around early 2005 is when I got really, really deep into it. And it's interesting in that, you know, you bring up um, blades, David, kind of a way to, to consolidate everything. At that time, we were still using these, these, Honkin', you know IBM x440 dual keck you know like 6u you know eight uh eight processors with no hyper threading and all that kind of stuff we kind of actually used the, the much bigger boxes in that particular environment and we had moved on I think at one point to the the DL 580 G4s and G5s and G7s and whatnot so we we had a little bit different approach because we were I think we were focusing more on the on the licensing costs that VMware had at the okay. time where it was cheaper to have fewer bigger hosts than it was to have a lot more smaller hosts.
0: Yeah, I mean, it always ends up coming down to, to the licensing costs, I mean, that was always a tug of war when I was at Oracle too, having these similar kinds of discussions, you know, with, with bare metal versus not. And there's a whole nother unique aspect to the VMware running on Oracle that 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 goes on as well, but ultimately customers do what they want to do. And right. And so, you know, David talked about, you know, bare metal. And I think what we've seen is just, you know, we're just kind of, rolling forward past bare metal deployments because people see the benefits of doing you know, vast virtualization and what it does for the business and things that it solves for them. Uh, and that's what you guys do every day. I mean, what, what do you guys do as field solution architects? I know normally you're, you're usually on airplanes and things, and we're probably doing a lot less of that um, now. So you've had to pivot and get a little bit creative. But But David, I'll start with you. What what what's the what's the usual day in a life? What kind of things? There's you know, is there a little bit of education, learning things. Is there is it all customer engagement? Like, what do you guys do on an average average daily basis?
1: It's a I I would say the good part is no two days are the same really. Um, <laughs> yeah. Some days we might be fully in depth. Um, luckily, when we started, we had a customer engagement that we asked to go on site and have some fun, and then this whole pandemic hit and that kind of ruined that. But a day in the life really just alternates. It's obviously VMware is one of the largest footprints here at Pure Storage. So there's a lot of stuff that customers wanna do. um, And there's a lot of stuff that customers are doing. So a lot of us, our stuff is being brought in early um, before the sale to kind of talk about why VMware and Pure work so great together. Um, But it's also a lot of what happens after the sale. Customers may adopt it to just do basic virtualization, get off their their other arrays, and they may want to take advantage of all of our extra features. But then there's also all the value adds, such as like VM analytics and all the other stuff. So it really is, can be sometimes just doing presentations, doing a lot of demo um, for customers, and then also working internally with our teams and peers to train them up and educate them. So um, it's definitely fun. um, And we're always doing more.
0: Yeah, and we do appreciate the the work that you do. You know, with enablement, you guys are certainly a great extension of our team here uh, in in corporate. Um, with that, Jace, anything to add to that? You know, that you find interesting, or uh, you know, he talks about a lot of uh, a variety of things to do, which is always great for for a job role. But uh, what else would you add in?
2: Well, so so I would add that that sometimes we'll you know be brought into a conversation, and we will. Kind of help drive direction with with whether it be custom code or a custom you know feature uh, request or or something like that where uh, you know we may do and I hate to use the term a POC right not yeah. a sales cycle POC but you know we may say hey here's a mechanism that you could use and you know if if you wanted this let's say productized for you specifically as a customer then maybe we can get our professional services involved that kind of thing we can show some of the extensibility uh, you know of the platform. Which is really, really interesting, but at the same time, and uh, I'll also mention David's really, really great at this when it comes to to some of the early releases of our products, like our plugins or uh, VRO, um, uh, you know, workflows or things like that. David's really great getting in and and trying those out. And I mean, earlier today he was talking about he he uh, he noticed a particular behavior with a release candidate that we're working on, and Cody let us know that hey, there's an updated version. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at the same time one of the things that i really like the most about this particular role is is you know definitely the interacting with customers definitely interacting with the engineering side definitely interacting with the marketing side but it's almost like david and i get to be uh i forget the guy's name but it was, it was tom something on um, on office space and you know the bobs come in and they're like trying to, to streamline everything and they ask yeah. bob or tom what he does and he says well I take the specifications from the customers to the engineers because customers can't talk to engineers or yeah. whatever. And where I'm getting at with that is 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 quite often and, and just like the time I spent at VMware deep in a product where engineering and, and PM, you know, and even marketing for that matter, they'll go and they'll look at the way something is marketed and, and they they just have this this um, uh, you know, this tunnel vision, but yet customers may say, Hey, I can do this, that, and other with that as well. And they may decide to go their own route. And I think it's David's responsibility and my responsibility as well to kind of keep that pulse of the customer, keep mm-hmm. that pulse of the partner, what we're seeing, you know, whether it be you know, the way something's being used or adding some functionality. Like I was talking with Cody the other day and I said, Hey, would it be great in our plugin if we could rename a VVOL? And Cody said, Hey, we're working on that.
0: Ah, cool. You know, yeah. He was
2: already ahead of me, but yeah. those types of things are to me, one of the, one of the, the most fun parts of the job is the fact that we can, you know, we've got a direct line to so many different people and we see a bigger picture than you know each of the different parts. We can kind of help, shape and guide that that direction and conversation.
0: Yeah, it's almost like a, a validation feedback loop back internally, but also I would position you as, as translation mechanisms for what's coming out. Right, to really articulate what's what's you know what the customer needs or wants to hear based on their unique situation, right? Because they're all different.
2: Um, yeah, and, the, and then and then sometimes there'll be a larger push for something, and then that gets pushed into a regular you know development life cycle. But it could be that David and I have you know a bit of experience where we can uh provide a, a workaround or a fix that'll work until that actually becomes productized, that type of thing yeah. that happens sometimes as well.
1: Yeah. And I think it works well, too, that we're kind of like the translation between the customer and engineering, too, to kind of make sure that what engineering is building is what the customer wants and what the customer's expectations are. The engineering understands that. So we're kind of like that bi-directional dotted line path. So even though we are sales facing, we do a lot more than just sales.
2: It's a great spot to be in. This is I love this job. It's amazing.
0: That's outstanding. Yeah, really dynamic. And, and what else is dynamic is, you know, we spent kind of the first part of the episode here talking about kind of the historical aspects and, and you know, just kind of the, the usual VMware and virtualization things. But what we've got going on right now is a really dynamic environment with uh, with what VMware is doing, right? They've pivoted to, to hybrid cloud. You've got VMware Cloud Foundation. Uh, you've got, you know, containers play that's, that's in the works right now. Um, we also seen some really interesting success with VVols and kind of a realization that that's actually a, a, really good way to solve, you know, some of the storage problems underlying VMs, but what's, what's your view of the landscape? And Jace, I'll go with you first, since I've been letting David go first for a little bit. Um, what's your view of the, the landscape? <laughs> I will
1: just pass it off to him. <laughs> ah, good for you.
0: Yeah, yeah. So you should be hosting, you no, what's your All view right, of the so landscape I'll, I'll, where, where VMware I'll, is I'll, pivoting?
2: I'll try to, I'll try to make it quick, but, um, you know, I, I see VMware doing a big push, obviously, on the, in the VCF space, and I, I, I hope that I've I've contributed some there and that I worked with with uh, that team pretty closely when I was at VMware. Um, I think it's kind of VMware's push to own the larger stack, if you will, right? I mean, they've owned the stack of the hypervisor for the most part for years and years, and they've, they've not really easily been able to break out and above that, right? I mean, it's always been like, hey, we've got monitoring here. We've got orchestration here. We've got, you know... Um, logging and whatnot let us show you how to add all these other pieces and customers didn't really largely bite on them whereas vcf is a mechanism to grab all that and put that all together i think that's kind of a good push and in, in kind of the way that it fits with the vmc play in amazon for them is a good push uh, i see a little bit of a conflict there in that uh, cloud block store would work phenomenally mm-hmm. with with vmc but we're kind of in just a, a, a situation right now where VMware hasn't opened that up to to iSCSI yet, right? As far as that goes. Of course, there could be some options, you know, when it comes to, you know, Azure and some of the other uh, providers in that space. Um, so I would I would say stay tuned as far as that goes. Now, the second thing, uh, you know, I'd want to mention is is VVols, right? VVols have, have really recently taken off uh, tremendously. And I remember uh, about four years ago, I had a conversation with, 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 uh, uh, VMware leadership when I was working at VMware and I said, hey, look, you know, vVols uh, really in, in that, you know, there's vSAN, there's vVols, there's traditional storage that can all work together. Uh, from a VMware perspective, we need to push SPBM, storage policy-based management. Let's assign policies, whether it be tags for traditional data stores or capabilities of the array with vVols or, or vSAN. That was the, you know, the conversation I was having with them. And they said, well, there's not as much of a, of a focus on vVols today. Uh, Maybe at some point, I said, well, the biggest thing that we need to do from a VVols perspective is is provide replication, Mm -hmm. right, snapshotting and some other features like that, and we need to provide SRM support. And, you know, Pure has been kind of one of those leaders in that space in bringing VVols to the masses, working closely with VMware and making them, uh, you know, helping, maybe not making, but helping VMware realize that, you know, that vision. Uh, in fact, we did a blog post a couple of days ago that said uh, I didn't write it; somebody did. Um, said that more vVol's are deployed on FlashArray than there are anybody else's, right? And I, I think it's a good opportunity where we can we can extend the capabilities of, of uh, VMware for the right use cases. Obviously, not all of them. Right. Um, and, and just because we work so closely with VMware um you know it makes us a i would say a key player in this space you know especially as it as it compare as we compare to others
0: yeah i know it's something that's you know cody's favorite topic i have to kind of push him other directions when i have him on the pod which is okay it's good it's good <laughs> it's good to you know i was jokingly saying that's the favorite thing but for good reason i mean david when when does this come up in the conversation like what are what are the what are the challenges that, that you know you run into where you're like oh you know you guys should be using b-balls to do this
1: yeah, a lot of it is just like the granularity and the the data mobility is obviously we, you just kind of were talking about the whole hybrid cloud story and kind of VBOLs are the basic for that hybrid cloud journey because they're just raw volumes, right? There's no VMFS encapsulating them. So you can really move them to on-premises environment or even move them to the cloud without having to worry about doing any type of conversion. And they're like better versions of RDMs, right? RDM is a very bad word in the, the virtual, Utilization industry, right? And VVOLS just make it so much better by being integrated. So I think a lot of that um, from a data mobility point of view as well as the flexibility to easily refresh like say downstream database systems, um, I would say that's probably one of our number one use cases for VVOLS, but also just the granularity to do failover at a protection group level instead of having to worry about scaling out to tons of data stores just you don't wanna have to manage those.
0: Yeah, I remember getting hit over the head a number of times with the uh, RDM not being a good word when we were doing some some snapshot and, and cloning automation stuff with our databases uh, a few years back, and, and the the vendor that we used for that, we'd always run into these VMware environments where you know it would come back to RDM. So kind of well aware of what <laughs> what that uh, what that entails. Um, hey, Jace, you mentioned you know some of the data protection things and SRM a moment ago. Um, can, can we dive into that? I mean, that's another area. Cody did a lot of work in his team and, and something else that I know is is very prominent now. What, what's your take on, on what we're doing with SRM?
2: Well, I, I like the fact that we, we support um, multiple different um, availability scenarios. I think that's the right way to say that. Yeah. Um, you know, whether it be traditional async or whether it be with VVOLs uh, obviously, you know, async replication or we're doing active DR or active cluster. SRM is really, at least for VMware environments, the best tool out there to handle that that uh, data mobility um, uh, you know, I'll, I'll say mobility orchestration, right? It's really kind of kind of the play there. I mean, we can do a lot of the same things that um, SRM can do from a data perspective and a volume perspective, but we can't do the higher level pieces. And what I mean by that is we're not going to, it's not our job to re IP VMs and and all the other kind of stuff, right? I mean, I was working with a customer the other day that wanted just a, a, um, a hard nose, how do I recover a volume script? And I gave him some rudimentary code, but I brought to their attention all these other pieces are required if you actually want to bring that up let's say at a test and you know test bubble and so on and so forth and I remember in in 20 uh, I guess I guess it was early 2010 when I was still working for uh, that managed service provider I uh, uh, SRM did not have NFS support
0: hmm. at
2: all it was only you know block based storage and I had to write my own SRM, Type orchestration for our environment, complete and total pain in the rear. Um, and the the funny thing about SRM is is if you notice, VMware doesn't really they don't really advertise it a lot. They don't really. I mean, it's it's kind of one of those self sufficient type uh, products that they've got a great return on, at least in my opinion, because they don't have to to market it a lot. I mean, it's yeah. just kind of that de facto standard. And I think where we you know not just meeting all of these different use cases. Um, you know, where we're tying into it, but the fact that we've got customers that have uh, disparate environments, they may have some competitor arrays, they may have vSAN, they may have whatever, and they're using that with SRM because we're providing all these same availability scenarios with SRM. They can easily, as they move their workloads from those other systems over to FlashArray, they can. They don't have to change their business processes, right? Their BCDR plans don't have to change because we plug right in. Mm-hmm. I was working with a customer the other day, and they had a, a, a I think, a Dell system, and uh, the, the the questions they were having were really just about getting uh, connected to the, uh, you know, to the flash array. They really didn't have any questions as it pertained to the orchestration process or anything. And once we showed them how the, you know, replication worked and, and whatnot, they were off to the races. They didn't have to do anything else. There was no additional work, and and I would add that Pure brings a little bit um, more value to the SRM conversation in that when VVOL support was introduced for Site Recovery Manager uh, with 8.3, we did not have day one support. And do you know why we didn't have day one support? We didn't have day one support because we met the spec to the letter that VMware provided, but VMware's own testing did not meet the spec. Ah. And we brought it to their attention and we said, hey, take a look, we're meeting this spec here, you're not testing this appropriately. And they went back and and re-ran the test and we were then certified. So not not only are we making SRM better by what we're doing on the back end, but we're doing better or we're making SRM better in the way that we're working directly with VMware. So we've got a lot of value there uh, in Uh, my opinion.
0: And it's great work by that team because they're always looking forward and ahead. I mean, it's nice to not be in a situation where you're trying to look backwards and fix things um, you know, to get to where you can actually see the roadmap of features, see where we can add value and then go off and, and, and then execute on that. Um, I think, I, lastly, I, I just want to get either of your takes, and I'll, I'll open up to David first, around VM analytics. Is this, is this a fun tool in your bag to, uh, to kind of bring in as tied to Pier 1? Like, does this give you a really interesting conversation and a powerful tool to demo?
1: Yeah, I definitely think it is. is I think it's definitely um, a tool that a lot of our customers aren't using, but a lot of our customers are starting to do. Um, it's pretty much like, as I've said when customers are interested in it, it's pretty much the number one tool that's free um, mm. that is there. It's, it It kind of allows visibility from a physical to virtual mapping of your vSphere environment. So all the way from the virtual disk to the VM, to the host, to the data store, to the volume, and then to the array. And it's just not for pure storage, right? Is we'll pull in metrics from the vSphere environment for the other ones and kind of show you what those metrics are and how they correlate. And a lot of our customers will actually use it to see what their environment looked like before and after a migration um, to pure storage. Um, So it's definitely a really great value add. um, And it's definitely something that if you're not using and you are a pure customer, um, definitely recommend jumping in there and taking a look at it.
0: I want more though. I yeah, want you, more. You did a little dance when I brought that. I mean, we've got the cameras on here, <laughs> so I can see you started. You started doing sort of a variation of the 1980s Cabbage Patch or something like that. Yeah, it. yeah. I so, caught this. So,
2: <laughs> so I, I, I had a similar package from a different vendor years and years ago, and and it just kind of fell flat. Didn't provide a lot of the same visibility that we have. You know, David talked about. Um, You know, whether it be uh, performance, you know, latency, uh, bandwidth, whatever, you know, as well as we've now with the latest release, we've got the ability to look at some capacity metrics, right? Something I've been asking for is I want to see what version of ESX a host is. I want to see what guest OS is in a VM. I want to see what virtual hardware version of VM is. I want to see what type of, you know, is the disk thin or thick and those kinds of things. These are some things I've asked for. And the reason why... Is because when i was working at this managed service provider we would upgrade our software for our customers and just through vcenter i could see different releases of the software like let's say 20 banks had version 3 and and 60 banks had version 3.1 and i noticed that all the the vms that are on our 3.1 software had a higher utilization right so what if i could look in vm analytics and then see okay, well, today I'm seeing this utilization, but last week, I'm, you know, seven days ago, I'm seeing a different utilization. What if there was a, a guest OS upgrade during that time? Or what if there was an ESX host upgrade during that time or something like that to give me a little bit more visibility? So that's something I'm kind of pushing for internally. I don't know if it'll happen or not, but I, I like to see the difference. What's changed? Don't just show me the utilization now and then. Show me the differences as well. And right now we unfortunately have to kind of, you know, keep track of that through a different yeah. mechanism.
0: Part of that feedback loop that you are providing in, right? Things that you hear <laughs> from customers that they want and mapping deltas certainly would be uh, certainly would be one of those interesting things. Cool, well, thanks for input on that. That's that's one that, you know, just anecdotally I hear is is, is pretty powerful when we can just go in and show the mapping and, and all the different stats and not just for our own things, but, but across the board, you know, you get VM admins whose eyes light up and go, oh, wow, I, I, I love being able to, uh, to see this. Um, well, last close because we, we've probably got to wrap. We've been rolling here for a little bit, um, sort of open-ended, um, and I'll start with you, David. What what gets you excited for the future? I mean, the relationship between VMware and Pure, obviously, as you've talked about, is 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 really solid. You know, there's a lot of integration. Um, you know, Jace highlighted that they, you know, they, they listen to us too, when we go to them and go, hey, you should be doing this, but um, without giving away roadmap things, because legal, of course, doesn't like us to give futures. But <laughs> um, what what gets you excited, you know, near term and long term with, with what's going on? Like what, what do you think we can achieve together?
1: Um, I think there's a lot. Um, I think we're working very closely with that partnership. Um, we're working to engineer things together. And I think we just have a, like a, our quarterly reviews back and forth as part of this allows us to kind of work on stuff that VMware is making an investment on and allow us to work, and then allow VMware to make an investment on what we're working on as well. Um, but I think internally, there's just a lot of stuff coming within um, the whole VMware stuff, the cloud native journey, right? Yeah. Um, vSphere with Tanzu is just the beginning. It's only been out now for maybe a little bit less than a year. Um, and I see that as a big push. And as we are doing our Kubernetes journey, obviously the acquisition of Portworx was big. Is I can definitely see a lot of work being done there to incorporate the vSphere with Tanzu into the whole Portworx story and our Kubernetes and container um, story.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of exciting synergies that are potential there um, that are great to see. And I'm I'm glad you brought up the Tanzu piece as well. I mentioned I meant to pull that in previously. Um, but it just seems like every episode I do these days is containers and containers and Kubernetes. I mean, we have a joke on our we have a joke on our internal team calls that everybody has to do a shot if if the word ransomware or Kubernetes <laughs> is used. So <laughs> Um, or
1: V-Vols now. You gotta make yeah, sure now Vvals. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah Vvals. That's fine. I'm happy about that one. I'm, I'm loving that. That's, that's, uh, that's been ramping up. So, um, cool. No, thanks for bringing up the the containers piece and and the exciting momentum in that area. Jace, last call for you. What, 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 what? I, I love your energy. What do you? What, what's getting you excited going forward?
2: Well, so, so I do a fair amount of VCF as it is today, and we seem to be getting closer and closer with VMware in that particular space. And we, we know that's a big. Dr- Big push for them um as far as that goes so i'm really excited to see uh what we're what we're doing in that space and, and hopefully we may see something before too long uh maybe we'll be contributing to the vmware hands-on labs who knows uh something i'm trying to help push uh to make happen as far as that goes but one of the biggest things that i like about what we're doing and, and just in and keep in mind i never touched flash array before i came to work here yeah and I'll get on a call and I'll be working with a customer and I'll walk them through how all these different things work. And they say, wow, you've been doing this for a while. Well, I've been doing virtualization for a while. I've only been using FlashArray for a little over nine months. And, and they're amazed. And where I'm getting at with this is, is looking at the different releases that I've been familiar with since I've been here. I mean, I'm not really familiar with any of the four X releases of Purity, but the 5.1, the 5.2, 5.3, 6.x uh, I'm seeing subtle nuances and changes that really align to tasks that a virtualization admin would do or need to do, mm-hmm. right? As well as providing some of the same visibility backwards or I guess forwards for the storage admins to what the VMware folks are doing. So kind of where I'm getting at is, is, is our engineering team and and the product team really look like they are honing in on that VMware use case and what, the different, whether they be siloed environments or one person doing both jobs, they're really honing in on on what the needs and requirements are to make everything simple and easy. Uh, to me, that's phenomenal. Now, all the stuff we can't talk about roadmap, oh my gosh, awesome. Yeah. yeah. But but just the sheer fact that that. It is the easiest, and I've been using enterprise storage for over 20 years, it is the easiest platform that I've ever used, not to mention the most extensible platform. You tie those two pieces together, and as customers are doing more with less and orchestrating and automating, we're winning, is, is all i got to say, and it's super exciting.
0: I couldn't have wrapped it any better. And you know, as I was trained on one episode with cause, right? It's intuitive, right? I tried to use simple or something like that. You said, no, no, it's not about that. It's about intuitive, right? We're we're seeing yeah, yeah. we're seeing what the users are trying to do. And and certainly if it moves, you want to automate it. But we 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 certainly want to try to make everything as intuitive and easy as possible. And what a great testament that you, you know, you've been here nine months and you know, you're, you're using it like an experienced user. So that is super, super cool. Well, well when,
2: when yeah. David got his arrays, when David got his arrays as a customer, J.O., one of our teammates, right? He uh, he said, all right, well, we've got it racked up. I'm going to go to lunch and we'll, after lunch, we'll get it configured. And David, like 10 minutes later said, you know, send him a text. Hey, it's it's set up. Yep, good it's, to go. It's, I mean, it's that intuitive. Yeah, great work. Thanks for
1: stealing my story.
2: He <laughs> stepped all over your story. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, awesome,
0: gents. We are we're getting close to time here, so I will wrap. Uh, but before that, anything to plug? Where can folks find you on Twitter? Do you have any blog stuff, David?
1: Yeah, so mine's easy. So on Twitter, I'm at at David Stamen, and then my blog is davidstamen.com.
2: Okay, awesome. And I I'm the same. My Twitter is at Jace McCarty, and then I'm I've got a couple other I don't know. Twitter accounts I don't share. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I got one of those too. <laughs> and then, and then, uh, and then, I'm also jacemccarty.com. Um, and then, when you get there, it'll give you an opportunity to get into the blog. Uh, David's got a lot of great content on how to configure a lot of things. I'm working on some some other stuff of my own, but uh, you know, anything we can do to uh, to make things easier for our customers, customers or partners, or account teams for that matter, you know, that's what we're here for
0: that's no, a great plug right at the end there and you guys are fun follow either way I mean I'm I'm connected to you and it's not just all techie bits and bytes and VMware stuff there's also a little bit of uh, frivolity and fun that goes on too um, amongst uh, the Fsa community so um that is a fun follow, but I will echo what Jace just said there at the end, right? If you're out there listening and you're a customer and you're using VMware or your partner and you're focusing in that area, or even uh, if, if you're working at Pure in one of the account teams, these are great resources for you to uh, call upon. So please do not be shy. And with that, we will go ahead and wrap. So thanks for listening. Please tell a colleague, tell a friend, we will keep the great guests like David and Jace coming. And uh, for that, we'll close. For Pure Storage, Jace McCarty and David Stamen, this is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you.